0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome to the Repack, presented by Acting Packing Company. I'm Justice Mosqueda, joined here by Evan Tex Western. Say what's up, the people, Tex.
2: What's up, everybody? It's a good night. The Packers beat the Bears. It's always a good day when the Packers beat the Bears. And uh, the Packers beat the Bears to take the all-time lead in wins. So that was yeah, fun to, hang fun to get that tiebreaker. Yeah, let's hang the banner for, for this one this year, right? Hey. The
1: Bears fans are, like, mad about it. They're like, I can't <laughs> believe you care. You beat a three-win Bears team. It's like, oh, we beat a lot of Bears teams, actually. Yep. Yep. And this, is, this documents that we've beat a lot of Bears teams.
2: So. I'm just saying, we haven't not beaten Bears teams in, like, four years or something like that. So yeah. that, that's, there are new that's just... That's just copium from the Bears fans.
1: Oh man. This game looks a lot closer than the score was. You know, if you're just watching the box score. I'm a person who had to miss parts of this game. Um I I, I was uh on the inactive list for, for a good portion <laughs> of this game. Um ended up going back and watching it, and it was just really tight. I mean it what it came down to a Jair pick when they crossed the 50. And then Keyshawn Nixon interception, you know, basically in the red zone. So that was – it could have been a lot different. Um, It's nice to have a defense that can cause turnovers now. Wow. Yeah, that that was –
2: man, that was actually something I I mentioned at the halftime Twitter spaces that we did was um, the only stop the Packers got in the first half was off a turnover, the the fumble that Russell Douglas forced. Mm -hmm. And I said at that point, like, it feels like the Packers – absolutely have to force a turnover or two in the second half if they're going to win this game. You know, being down by 6, um obviously thankfully getting that that touchdown from Watson to to get within a score before the half was was huge, but it just felt like the the Bears were doing just about anything they wanted to on offense. Now, they came out in their first drive they had a 3 and out, but that was really the only true stop that the Packers got because every other drive that the the Bears had at least the only stop they got not via turnover, right? Bears had a field goal, then they had the missed field goal um, in the second half before the the two picks. So, you know, basically every drive aside from that one three and out that didn't end in a turnover ended at least in a solid scoring opportunity for Chicago.
1: Yeah, if you look at the total yards, right? So they edged out <laughs> Green Bay by about 50. They had 409 Total yards, um, of just offense, and then you look at the yards per play, yeah, compared to 5.7. I mean, the Bears were getting two and a half more yards per play over the entire course of the game. The only other time that I've seen this defense kind of make those opportunistic turnovers, where it's okay, you cross the fifty, now I'm taking the ball away from you, and it's you know saving both the offense's ass and the defense's ass, was that Buccaneers game? That's the only other game that I can remember this year where it's like the defense came up big when it mattered. It wasn't just, you know, we shut them down. It's like, yeah, they can move the ball, but we're going to get ours too. So yep. that was nice to see. I mean, turnovers have been hard to come by this year. Um, and if you watch some of the defenders play, it's not uh, too surprising. <laughs> Devondra Campbell is playing with a backpack full of lead on. Oh my that, gosh. That, that long touchdown that uh, field had, or I don't camera. I think it was a touchdown. Yep. Yeah. Um, dude. What what the hell is that?
2: He b- baseball fans, especially NL Central fans, he looked like Yadier Molina trying to go from first to third on like a single to the to the outfield. Like it, it just unhitch your wagon, man. Get get moving. Good, Good lord,
1: that was weird. And then it was a really uncharacteristic Jair game, right? I mean, he yeah. lot of explosives to ESB. And in Q Harry. Um, he ended up getting the pick at the end. He called he, he called uh Saint Brown a bum, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I think that was his verbiage.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I wanna know. I gotta I gotta, team go, team. I gotta go I gotta go watch that back and, and see if he was like if he said that in a joking mood because they were all teammates or or what exactly happened there. But uh yeah, that was that was pretty funny from Jai after the game. But just Yeah, you don't expect him to get beaten over the top, and you surely, sur- sure as hell don't expect him to get beaten over the top twice in one game by guys like, like you and available. Harry. Yeah. Exactly. Oy.
1: What what the hell is going on with Josh? I mean, that was – it felt early on in the game. Like, you watch it, and it's, it's like, did the defense quit? Are we just mm-hmm. done on defense? And then, you know, the spark comes in the second half. But, like – Jaw's one of those guys where I know we've talked about the regression of and Kenny Clark had a better game than he's probably yep. had you know the past month and a half. He was a guy that we talked about you know not getting the most out of him right now um you know uh Campbell you know clearly is a guy that's probably regressed. We talked about Adrian Amos all season, but like Jaw is a guy that like I don't know he's given up more plays than he usually does.
2: Not living up to that uh, that huge contract that he signed, and I know he. I think it, I saw that 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 was his fourth pick this year, which I think is a career high, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, that that actually three was his career high before even coming in before today. Um, so I don't know if it's just a matter of, of teams are more willing to throw at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is you know making a few plays here and there, but certainly it seems like he's given up more big plays this season than he has in the past which is strange and somewhat concerning, but um, yeah, it's just a weird, it's been a weird season all around, but I feel like it's hard for, you know, it'd be hard for you to say that he's living up to that giant contract. He just signed, at least in the first year of it so far. Yeah.
1: It's going to be, I mean, I I, I talked with Brad Spielberger on the preview show on Friday. They're going to have a lot of big decisions coming up with some of these contracts and, you know, Rogers after the game, Kind of made <laughs> it sound like it, it's it's weird because he had the thing last week where he said something that was like, you assume things aren't going to or are going to be the same next year. And I was like, what does that mean? And then after the presser yeah. today, he was basically saying, like, you know, it has to be a mutual agreement that I come back. Right. So I don't know Which... if what his head is at. Like. He just signed the deal. Again, we've been talking about how he holds the big red button. We've just been calling uh-huh. it the big red button. Like, if you want to come back, you're probably going to come back. Like, I I don't see a scenario where the team just says, Aaron, we're moving you. Aaron, retire. I, I just can't see it right now.
2: No, and the only possible way to do it financially is if they get to June 1st and decide they want to trade him after that point you can manage the the cap that way a little bit and at least, you know, not, not kill yourself on the cap. Um, and you're spreading out that, that dead hit over the next two years. But um, that even, even at that point, you have to get to June 1st and be cap solvent to, to be able to do that in the first place. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that, Yeah. I mean, you're passing free agency,
1: you're passing yep. the draft, all those things, like those kind of, you, you need to have your ducks in order, whatever you end up doing. So. I don't know. And then a lot of it, too, is like people talk about like, oh, what if, you know, Rogers drops his salary number down to the minimum so that they can do all this stuff post June 1st, all that. And it's like, I don't know, man, like this dude asked for like 60 million dollars. He held now right or wrong. He held the team hostage for a bit. Right. (laughs) Like, do you think he'd do that? Like, you think he's just going to allow for like an easy transition? I don't think so. Like, he doesn't want Jordan Love getting snaps right now. (laughs) right
2: like yeah I, man i i do wonder how much of that for this week right it is if it wasn't the bears and if it wasn't um you know that little historical nugget about about taking the the all-time wins lead over chicago i wonder how much he would have really pushed to play um we know how much he he loves history and legacy and twisting the knife with bears fans so i do still think that that probably played at least somewhat of a factor, but now you you look ahead. Now Packers have a bye. figure. Those ribs can heal up some, and then they get on Monday night. They get a Rams team. That's got no Aaron Donald, no Matthew Stafford. Like that looks like a, a very winnable game for, for this Packers team. And now you're sitting, you know, certainly Rogers will want, will want to play, um, in that, with with the Packers still at least having a theoretical chance at, at making the postseason, so now you're probably down to a maximum of three games of Jordan Love. Um, when again, we know we need to we we need to see what this guy can do to know if if there's any possibility or any realistic reason to exercise that fifth year option this offseason. Yeah, I mean Rogers. What was it two
1: weeks ago? He mentioned you know as as long as they are mathematically in the playoff hunt. He wants to be out there playing, and then, you know, we'll have a discussion after that. And then LaFleur would mention, like, the, that Monday, you know, that hasn't even come up. Like, we're not even thinking about that right now is what he kind of said. If you look at, like, the mathematical elimination, I was playing around with this on 538 today. If the Packers are playing on the morning of um, that Sunday in week 17, like, they're still in the playoff hunt it's going to be really hard for them to be eliminated before the last week of the season. So we're talking about maybe one game of Jordan Love, if that's even the scenario, if that's even how Rodgers kind of wants this thing to end. So yeah. as, as far as the, like, the, in the hunt graphics, the Packers are going to be in the, in the hunt graphics for another month. Like that's just kind of the situation in the NFC right now, as long as the teams that are expected to win, continue winning that's kind of wh- where they're going to be at.
2: Yeah. Well, and now is good, as good a time as any to talk about this. I was kind of following a little bit of the playoff odds throughout the game today, and obviously with the Packers winning, that helps a little bit. But one of the, the things that really hurt Green Bay today in the playoff odds was the tie between the Giants and the Commies. Um, basically, the Packers needed one of those two teams to tank and practically yeah. lose out, right? They've got They've got to find a way to get – ahead of them uh, on a tiebreaker um, or or since, since both of those teams have the tiebreaker over green Bay. Right. And, and with both of those tying, now you don't add a loss to the, to the the loss column for either one of those. And um, I I was playing with 538 too. If either team had won the Packers playoff odds would have stayed at 6% with that tie, the Packers playoff odds dropped to 4% uh, because of, because of that tie. So you know, they, they really needed one of those two teams to to sweep the head-to-head games that that those two have in the next three weeks. And uh, that tie really ends up actually screwing the Packers over a little bit.
1: Yeah, and there's a bunch of numbers out there right now about the Packers playoff odds. I don't know necessarily what the difference between these some of these models are. Um, I would assume it's their belief in the giants and commanders in terms of like them in a power ranking standpoint, right. That's what makes the most sense to me for the variation for green Bay, but like the athletic um, Austin mock who does their, their, their playoff model stuff. Um, he had them entering with 6% for this weekend. And then with the win going up to 11.5, which is vastly wow. different from, from, you know, what 538 has right now, 538 has it. So if, if the Packers went out, right. Um, they get the Rams, they have to play in Miami on Christmas, right? Uh, Minnesota, I believe that's New Year's Day, and then uh, Detroit in Week 18, and who knows what the heck's going to happen for that. If they win out, there's a 40% chance that they make the playoffs. That's if they go 4-0 and for the for the rest of the season, end up finishing at, at 9-8. and So I think coming into this week, it was a little higher than that. Um, it was like 43% or 42%. I remember seeing that number early on in the week. But they still need a lot of outside help. I mean, even yep. beyond, you know, we talk about uh New York and we talk about um the commies, right? But the the other team that's, you know, in the mix is Seattle. Yep. Seattle is just hanging around right now, they're seven and five, right? They get three more wins, they're gonna they don't even need to go to a
2: tiebreaker with the Packers, right? So yep. if they yeah, can do that, that'd be a huge one. For sure. Yeah, it's it's two of those two of those three teams have to drop out. And and the Packers have to catch catch the two other one, in order to
1: the other one is like the Niners are on a third string quarterback now. <laughs> what if they just don't win any more games? I mean, that's a scenario where you know Green Bay would jump them in terms of the playoff order. Because they're at they're at nine wins. If the Niners don't win another game with uh so who is it? Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy guy. Uh that guy's not an NFL quarterback. So yeah. we'll we'll see what that looks like. Long term, I know he was able to pull it off against, uh, you know, the Dolphins, but the Dolphins have like a historically bad defense. The the one caveat there, though, is we have seen Shanahan get away with some terrible, terrible. I mean, he won games with Nick Mullen and uh, CJ Beathard, and he would just not let them run like actual drop back passing game. He was just like, we're running the piss out of the ball and we're going to run boots and that's it. So
2: when and probably win one or two. Yeah. And when you've got guys who can, can make plays after the catch, like they do, um, that takes a lot of pressure after quarterback, but I'm just looking at, at the 49ers schedule down the stretch, home for Tampa Bay next week. Then they've got at Seattle and home for Washington. Again, two teams that also the Packers need to, to drop games. So you, you've got to have, um, again, it's either, either Seattle or San Francisco tanks. And then again, one of Washington or, or the Giants, um, just, just goes down the drain. So that's, that's the scenario, folks. Cheer for, uh, for the, all four of those teams to start losing. And, uh, hopefully in the next week or two, we'll know which ones we really, really need to, to pull for, um, a nice long losing streak here at the end. Yeah. If, on, if on, you, if you're on playoff train, right? <laughs> yeah. The,
1: so the that's the other question. Yeah. I think, uh, what is it? I'm pulling it up right now because the, the reacts, the polls that we have on the site that we do every week. I asked uh, the fan base, you know, Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers, right? Eighty-three percent of the fans said that they want to see, you know, Jordan Love start games. And then I asked about draft position or a playoff spot. Seventy-two percent said, you know, focus on draft position. So, I think most of the fan base is post com- com- competing probably for this season. Um, yeah, I don't think the team is though. I mean, Rodgers just wants to fight tooth and nail, and. The one thing that he mentioned, too, in that little speech about, you know, it has to be a mutual thing and all that stuff. He was talking about Christian Watson. He's like, this is awesome to see. He's like, you know, if I would have stayed at Cal, I could have played with Deshaun Jackson and Marshawn Lynch (laughs) for another season. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe this breakout from Christian Watson. What, eight touchdowns in four games um, is what ends up bringing him back. I mean, we haven't even seen. Dobbs on the field. Dobbs was probably, I I thought we were going to see Dobbs this week um, coming off that high ankle sprain and all that stuff. And he was in practice all week, even though he was limited. So I assumed him and Devondre were going to come back. It ended up only being Devondre. So who knows what healthy Dobbs, healthy Christian Watson, both with confidence with Aaron Rodgers, you know, actually being able to go under center on like that, like two week stretch. Like who knows what that offense looks like, but. Yeah. They've been able to put up points recently. I mean, what three of their three of their best performances, just yeah. in terms of points, have come in the last month. So that's a good sign. I mean,
2: it's not great yeah.
1: that the Bears can just do whatever they want to your defense, but at least we can get the ball moving on O now,
2: right? Well, and again, Watson's the 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 big change in those last four weeks. Yeah, and uh, the re I, you know a, a huge reason why they were able to to put up twenty eight in, in three of the last four. And Stenovich, they even asked Stenovich about
1: it this week, and they were like, "Is it just the fact that like he's fast and he's confident? Is that the difference between the offense before and after?" And he's like, "To be honest, yeah." So that's an interesting. So, it, I mean,
2: yeah, really, that was it.
1: Okay, <laughs> all right.
2: So sometimes it really is that simple. And like I, it makes you wonder. A couple of those games where where he left, you know, that Lions game. If mm-hmm. Watson's out there for that whole game, the Packers win that game maybe probably yeah probably um if he's you know if if this version of Christian Watson is healthy and playing you know with this amount of confidence this entire season how many wins does this team have is this an is this an 8 and 5 team instead of a 5 and 8 team i don't think that's insane um so yeah it, it it's it's a bummer to think back at at what could have been if if he were actually healthy uh this whole season, cause you gotta feel like that Giants game would have been winnable. Um, you know, the, the commies game, maybe the, the Lions game. I mean, those are three that yeah. he could have maybe, you know, made a, made a big difference in if, if he were fully healthy and, and able to go and a full part of the offense. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to see him breaking out and, um, delivering on, you know, all the, all the talent that he's gotten and the, the pure ability and athleticism that he has. Um, but it, it is just amazing to see how much faster he is than everybody else on the field and the, um, the end around or whatever it was like that one the i mean guy it, that had one the had been... angle
1: the guy yeah. had the angle he just ran
2: past it and that was that was the same way with the crossing route last week that he mm-hmm. took for a touchdown um it's just you you get him in space he's gonna get to the corner and he's gonna beat you to the to the edge and get up the sideline and once he gets past your last guy there's no chance in hell you were catching him so packers haven't had that level of of speed with versatility right that you know MVS was a burner but it's a i I feel like that's a different kind of speed in a way um it was a long strider like deep right like watson you can i mean they weren't running and they weren't
1: running end rounds to MVS, right Right. like that's that's the difference yep um this is how fast watson is (laughs) the two minute warning uh this is a tweet from from bill huber at the two-minute warning, Aaron Rodgers asked Coach Matt Lafleur if Packers rookie Christian Watson should go down or score a touchdown. That was that was for the end round play, and then Sammy Watkins celebrated with Watson at the at the forty. So that's how fast they are. They're like, are you are. You, should we score here or should we or kneel down? And it's like, <laughs> goodness gracious. I mean, wow, it is really fun. I I did. Uh, I missed most of Twitter during the game. I did see people found my old Christian Watson tweets. Oh, was, they found one was, of mine too. That was fun to read through. Yeah, um, dude, guys, he's doing good. I'm very happy for him. Like,
2: i Look, I'm happy and I'm happy that I was wrong about him not being worth a first round pick. Yeah. Like, I'll take the L. I'm tell. I'll take the L if it it gives the Packers, you know, a receiver like this who's got this type of ability. Man, I don't care. Yeah. Matter of
1: fact, let's do it again this offseason. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it again this offseason. Absolutely. Um. Roger's rib looked fine. Am I wrong? Yeah.
2: I didn't see anything. He
1: was moving around. There was, like, one play on a broken play. He, like, did, like, a 360 and was still able to throw. Like, I don't think his rib is that big of a deal. I think the thumb is still probably bothering him when it gets hit. But if it doesn't get hit, I mean, he looks like Aaron Rodgers right now.
2: Well, and he didn't get hit a whole lot in this game. Uh, Bears' pass rush did little to nothing. Let me see how many... Hits they actually had on Rogers in this game. They were Bears were credited with zero quarterback hits in this game in the official box score. That's incredible,
1: and that's with David Bakhtiari out because he had an emergency yeah. appendectomy on Friday, which is crazy. I was wondering they took so long to announce the inactives on Friday, and I was like, what "The hell's going on here?"
2: And yeah. then it
1: lasted like an hour, and then it's just they they don't even release the in, or the uh, injury report. They didn't release the injury report. They were just like, "Oh yeah, David Bakhtiari had an apodectomy. He's not <laughs> going to be playing this week." Then twenty minutes later, they released the injury report. I was like, "What? God, the... what kind of a Friday news dump is this?"
2: Like... Look, I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a week to do it, a week against a Bears team that has no yeah. NFL pass rushers, uh, right before a bye week, I guess is the the right time to do it.
1: And hopefully, hopefully Bakhtiar will be all right by the time they go against the Rams. Um, yeah. It felt like, in this game, just the last thing I want to do before we get into, like, vibe checks, this game was weird because it it seemed like they wanted to throw to Cobb in big moments, and he just couldn't come down with a couple Mm -hmm. of them, like, especially in the red zone. I don't know. This isn't Cobb's team. Like, I feel like this should be the passing of the torch moment, right, where the offense up until this point was, like, third down. We need a big play. Randall Cobb is the dude. It's time. This is Christian
2: Watson's team now. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for four on targets for Cobb in this game. Um, And like two
1: of them could have been for scores. Like it, yeah, it mattered. And the Packers were kicking field goals for a decent amount of this game, too. Yep. Pass the torch. All right. Uh, Let's get into vibe checks um, after the break.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is
1: And we're back. All right, let's talk about the offense. The run game still as good as ever. I did like that. Yep. Like Mark Schlereth was able to bring it up during the game. You know, Mark is former offensive lineman, all that stuff. He was like, they have the most unique gun run offense, yeah. you know, in the league right now. And I really do agree. I mean, the the fact that they're one, they're doing all the pin and pull stuff, which is increasing league wide. But the Packers are are probably a good like if you're looking at the league wide average they're probably bringing those percentage points up just by themselves you know and then it's not just that they're doing pin and pull it's they have all this stuff built off the backside runs all those weak side runs where they can just like pitch it to the edge really quick and it's just aaron jones out there and that's a pro bowler man that really is i think he's the only one on this team um i don't think christian watson is getting in it's just the way the way they do pro bowl voting and the fact that like it opens mid-season like There's just no, there's no chance for him. I don't think Um, maybe he can get a look at some of these like offensive rookie of the year things, but I think Aaron Jones is the most important person on this offense, even though Christian Watson is scoring all these touchdowns.
2: Yeah. It was interesting with Jones today too, because it seemed like he kept going in and out of the lineup with that, that shin Mm -hmm. issue. And because of that, Dylan got probably his biggest workload of the, of the year. And I thought Dylan looked really solid in this game. Um, 18 for 93 in a score, had another 20 yard touchdown. Um that that touchdown, by the way, was a thing of beauty. Again, that was that was one where you could see the Bears respecting Watson's speed because mm-hmm. he comes around from left to right uh, on a fake jet sweep, and then they take uh they take Dylan back off the, the left end, and um, and he's got a lot of room there. And I think a Sammy Watson or a Watkins block um on that run too.
1: Yeah, Watkins to, to it looked like Watkins
2: bit. was actually playing this game because I know
1: you know his snap count has been tanking in in recent weeks and we thought he was going to be kind of phased out entirely whenever Dobbs comes back but he he was getting in on some of these plays it seems like they're playing him beyond just the x because it's it's really the way that they used to do it it was like Watson or Watkins is on the field now they're getting on the field together sometimes Um, it was nice to see you know that gut punch recovery right I mean 16-3 Felt like the yep. defense was just checked out, right? I mean, two weeks ago, what was it? Russell Douglas was talking about, like, if we lose another game, we might as well just, like, start planning vacations in January. And <laughs> uh, it kind of looked like, you know, for a little bit, like the defense was already in that mode. Um, they ended yeah. up coming big with some some big, um, you know, turnovers. But the offense was able to keep up with it. The I just still don't really know what this team – is supposed to be in the playoffs though. Like, can this team win a playoff game? I don't even think so. Like, I, I think if, yeah. I think the point of the season is just developmental reps at this point. Like, I'm not looking for, like, if they make it as the seventh seed in the NFC, I, we're going to get smashed. We're going to get smushed.
2: <laughs> well, and you're, you're going to be facing probably Minnesota. If you're the seventh seed, yeah, going up against the two in the first round. Um, And that's, that's the only reason why I think, This team actually has a chance to win a playoff game because I still don't think Minnesota is actually very good. Um, They won another. Mike White outplayed Kirk
1: Cousins, even though they both played terribly.
2: They they did, and then it it took a blatant, terrible drop by Braxton Berrios in the end zone that should have gone for the winning score for Minnesota to win that game again. So I don't know how many more games they can win um, because the other team just, you know, trips over their own dick. But um, it's it's been a lot this season, and I actually, you know, we'll learn a little bit more in Week 17 uh, when these two teams play each other. But um, as of right now, the the call me crazy, but I think this team can beat the Vikings even even in US Bank. And if in fact, I think that might be a better place for them because they can actually take advantage of Watson's speed a little bit more on the turf at at US Bank Stadium. So, um if if you're asking me can this team win a playoff game, I think they can. If you're asking me if this team is a a you know, NFC Championship Super Bowl caliber team, no, absolutely not. But um if they can get a look at lucky on a couple of turnovers again on defense, I think that's going to be the key to uh determining if this team can can actually make a run get in the playoffs and then, you know, make any noise when they get there. Yeah, and It was brought up a lot, but, like, the Justin Jefferson
1: stuff isn't going to keep happening. I mean, how many times have the Packers been completely dominated by a wide receiver like that this season, right? I mean, it hasn't happened very much. I know, Mm -hmm. like, I'm thinking of, like, big burner plays. Like, okay, Traylon Burks got that one against Jaw, right? Like, okay, but that wasn't who he was the entire game. Terry McLaurin got another one on on Jair Alexander. That's that's just going to happen, but it wasn't like – dudes are running butt naked wide open on crossing routes. They're messing up their assignments and stuff in the same way that it was that week one. So yeah. I just think they're way different teams. I mean, you almost do have to kind of throw out the first like two-ish games of the season when teams are just kind of figuring out who the heck they can even be and what they can even do on the field. Like even remember that Tampa Bay game, right? Where Roger, I mean, all they're doing is running this split back gun motion bubble stuff and the Buccaneers yeah. are like, we can stop this. Do you understand we have an answer for this? And then the Packers <laughs> have to completely change their offense. Like it, there, there's only so much that you can kind of project forward using some of those games. So the one thing that always surprises me about the Vikings is you look at them and I understand a lot of those guys in the secondary are, are hurt or banged up or just not playing well, but that defense is so bad for a team that has Zedaria Smith and Daniel Hunter rushing the passer. I mean, they should yeah. be better. They should be better.
2: Yeah, I don't know what to chalk it up to, but um, no, as far as, I mean, if we want to get back to vibe checks on offense, I mean, I'm feeling like a seven and a half, like the run yeah. game worked. Christian Watson has really, you know, unlocked a dimension to this offense that it did not have a month ago. And um, like I said, I think I think this is a team that if they get a couple of breaks on the other side of the ball, this offense can you know, can put up mid-20s, you know, can maybe crack 30 against a, a decent-ish defense. So um, I'm feeling pretty good where we're at, and and especially, again, after the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm probably there right with you. The other thing I wanted to mention, Zach Tom. Um, yeah. Pretty good game. Pretty good yep. game by him. That's an interesting one because it's like, I don't know, like we could replace Elton with him and save like $18 million a year. <laughs>
2: it's probably he- –
1: we're thinking about
2: he just needs to put on about 20 pounds in the offseason to to move inside, I think. But uh, yeah, I think if they
1: keep Elton, I want Zach Tom to get some center snaps next year in, in yeah. camp because yeah. that's the weakest spot on the offensive line, I think, is Josh Myers. And I know he was a second round pick and all that stuff, but I don't know. Add some competition. Roy yeah. Freeman was a fourth round pick and he just benched <laughs> his ass in the second year. so.
2: Yeah, the, 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 the Elton extension thing is going to be fascinating just because, again, with where the Packers may or may not sit for the cap next year. Um, I saw something this morning or yesterday that they're talking about a a salary cap around 220, 225 million, which Packers are still over that for next Mm -hmm. year. So, um, they're obviously going to have to, to move a lot of stuff around. And the, the, the crazy stuff is, Things like Kenny Clark's got a twenty four million dollar cap hit next year. Yeah. Um that's the that's the easy the easy one. Jair has a twenty million dollar cap hit. Um Jair and you know Jair's got the but and both of those guys you can convert a lot of that that money into signing bonus and keep spreading it out and kick keep yeah. kicking the can if you think that this is a, a team that can compete. So um yeah if you're looking for a path to cap solvency Clark Alexander, you can even do it with Aaron Jones. If you, if you think you can, can keep him, he's got, you know, probably almost $15 million you can keep spreading out. Um, just knowing that, you know, he's probably not going to be around for, for more than one or two more years. So there's, there's things they can do to keep moving that, that cat money down the road and, um, you know, maybe get, maybe they can get a, uh, you know, get an Elton extension in there. We'll see. So, this is kind of off topic a little bit. But
1: so recently I've been watching um these draft prospects, right? This is kind of the first week I've really kind of just like gone in deep on some of these guys. So like I watched the tech edge rusher, I watched uh the Northwestern tackle who apparently is his a uh, Skaronsky, I think is his yep. name. He's he's got a family member in the Packers Hall of Fame. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, Bob Skaronsky
2: was the Bob Skaronsky was the left tackle back in the Lombardi days.
1: That kid is good too. I mean, he might end up having to play guard at this level, but he's a, he's a pretty good player. I watched um, Quentin Johnston. I watched the quarterbacks when I'm watching the quarterbacks, man. So um, Stroud, I think he's just all right. I think he's in like that Kirk Cousins tier of quarterback. Yeah, Levis is, I think it's just the Daniel Jones narrative all over again. It's like this guy (laughs) had like, he doesn't have the elite traits. He's not Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen he's not that level but you know he's got pretty good traits he comes from an NFL style system you know he gets all the excuses of like what was kind of surrounding him but he didn't put up great numbers Bryce Young is the guy that I like the kid from Bama even though he's on the smaller side I was thinking about it from this perspective and like where would Jordan this version of Jordan Love 24 year old Jordan Love go in the draft He might be QB2 Yeah And if you're thinking about it that way, like, I don't know, don't you tag him just in case, like you you pick up the fifth year option. Don't you do that just in case someone wants to trade something for him? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think after the way that he played and I know it's only nine snaps, but like we saw in the San Francisco game in the preseason, everyone keeps saying, you know, he's looking great in practice. Devondre Campbell said he's a better quarterback than most of the starters in the league. Like at a certain point, don't you, at least like do the Jimmy Garoppolo thing and use him as trade bait.
2: You know, that, that's a, that's a great point. And, and you can wait to make that decision on his option until after the draft. It's not until about mm-hmm. two weeks after that you have to make that call. Yeah, Cause it's not going to so, impact
1: next year's cap space. It's not right. going to impact next year's cap space. It'll be right.
2: 2024. So you can feasibly, if you find a partner on draft weekend, and trade him for for a pick or two, um, and then they can decide to make the call on his fifth year option. You know, that following week or something. Um, I guess that's that's the other argument, right? For uh, it as soon as as soon as they're done, right? As soon as they're done, get him out there, get him putting some some good stuff on tape, and maybe yeah, maybe that boosts his trade value, and you can get something for him on draft weekend, and then that problem has to some extent, solved itself at that point. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that situation
1: because I really don't think – yeah, I I think you want to move Love and his option. I don't think you want Love playing on the option. No. And I don't think it's – it's just not feasible to keep this thing going. Like, they obviously have two guys with potential. There's one football they can't get both of them enough reps, like call it a day and and get some of these picks moving. Because I think, again, this quarterback class is not great. And next year it looks like there's probably two, but they're probably going to get picked in the top two picks, right? So, like, if if a team doesn't want to tank 2023 to get a shot at a rookie quarterback in 2024 so that he could develop by 2025, I mean, that's a long path you have to take. To have a starting caliber quarterback, like just find someone who wants Jordan Love. I'm yeah. sure they could find someone. Like it's not who who quarterbacks get moved all the time. The only quarterback that hasn't found a, a trade market was when Jimmy Garoppolo was on that crazy contract this offseason. That's it. Yeah. That's the only guy who sat. I mean, Sam Bradford got traded for a first when he was a backup. Like come on, yeah. you find something.
2: Well, you're telling me that a team like the Saints, right? They're sitting there with Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston um you know Houston I don't know I mean well Houston will be in the in the market for a you know a top top 2 guy anyway but yeah there's there's any number of teams that could use a guy like love and I think that's probably his best scenario at this point is um you yeah, know is is a draft day trade where he can go out there and and compete and and probably win a starting job um that team hopefully picks up a fifth year option for him and then the packers get something back for him and and you know, knowing that Rodgers is in all likelihood coming back, so I like that. Uh, I like that approach. I think that makes a lot of sense. And the more the more good tape he can put up there these last five six weeks of the season, the more likely that's going to be.
1: I think um, I'm working this out through my head right now. Team teams that I think Jordan Love could start on, right? And this is just in terms of the, the draft order moving up and down. I'm not putting them in any particular order besides that. The Houston Texans, I think, he would start there. Yep. Detroit, I think, is at least a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, the contract for Golf probably you know leads that conversation more than anything. Carolina, I think Arizona. There's potential that Kyler Murray is legitimately moved. This offseason, um, the way that contract right. is structured, they can trade him. They they can't cut him, but they could trade him away based off of kind of how the salary boat salary bonus is set up. I know. Um, I can't remember if I talked about it on here, but, you know, Sean Payton was poking around at the Cardinals opening or not opening, but the potential of a Cardinals opening and the potential of a Chargers opening. It sounds like if he takes the Cardinals job, he doesn't want Tyler Murray there. <laughs> so that's. Worth keeping in mind, huh, yeah. um the Indianapolis Colts, Atlanta, depending on how they feel about Desmond Ritter, I would probably take Jordan Love over him, but you know who knows how invested they are there um <laughs> the Steelers, I think uh I don't <laughs> think they would do it, but I think Jordan Love is a better quarterback there. I think New England yeah. has a shot, I think Washington has a shot, um the Jets, I don't think that they would do it, but the Jets is another team that I would throw up on that list, yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about all these openings, open seats, right, in the game of musical chairs. And there's at most three first-round quarterbacks, I think, in this upcoming draft class, unless someone buys into Anthony Richardson, which is kind of right. the X factor, I guess. Jordan Love can fit, fit, fill one of those seats.
2: If If a team offers you on draft weekend a second-round pick for Jordan Love, you take that without hesitation, right?
1: I think so. Cause he's going to play the second round pick is going to play. Jordan Love yep. is on a one-year contract and that's nothing against him. I think right. you, you do the new England thing and you're like, I'm going to try to listen to the best offer and I'll, I'll take whatever I can get. Um, but yeah, just try to find him a good home and you know get, get some draft compensation for it. Cause it's, it's clear he's out. He's outgrown career backup. He simply has like, yeah, it's not, it's time to move on. I think, yep. um, yep. Defensive vibe checks still pretty bad. Uh <laughs> you yeah. mentioned the, the the things. You know, Kenny Clark trending trending up. Jair's a roller coaster right now. Devondre Campbell. I mean, he is coming off of the knee injury, but he didn't look good before the knee injury. I mean, I just need Campbell to do something this year to yep. make me think that he's gonna be better in, in twenty twenty three. That that's where I'm at. It's like yep someone who is it archon archon was like he stopped working out once he got paid <laughs> i don't know if that's the situation i mean he's still i believe he's still a team captain um you know he's the green dot yep. Like seems like they do kind of put a lot of trust in him in terms of that leadership role which would surprise me if you know he, he kind of just called it right and it's and just kind of getting paid but it's not looking good and now you you get all the regrets of like oh yeah you paid the guy who never did that in his career before, and now yep. he's a 28 year old had a breakout year. You paid him, and of course that's not going to meet up to expectation. I need that contract to meet up to expectation.
2: Yep, yeah, or at least at least come close to it, right? Yes, yeah. he doesn't need to be first key.
1: team all pro. I just don't want, I just don't want the team, you know, missing all these damn tackles. The the other weird thing too is Chris Barnes started for Devondre Campbell last week. Yeah, he's a healthy scratch today. Uh-huh. What the hell was happening there? I mean, they were rotating him. With Isaiah McDuffie, but Barnes, I, he's had a hand injury, but he's been practicing. They didn't give him a status on Friday. So I don't know what the heck happened there. But their linebacker room has been a mess the entire time that, that Barry's been there. Because even last year when they had Campbell, right, they were doing all the weird shit where it was like, we got to rotate in. You know, Jalen Smith has the nickel inside linebacker because <laughs> Barnes can't do it. And it's just like, the hell is going on? They're rotating two guys against the Eagles. Their starter comes back. He doesn't look any better.
2: Yep. What the hell? Yeah. Um the the one encouraging thing I saw from that unit today was um when Quay Walker made a play on Justin Fields getting to the edge and mm-hmm. beating him to the sideline and uh taking him down for a gain of like a yard on a on a scramble. So that was like the one encouraging sign from that particular unit. Um and that was I feel like a right re- that was on that first three and out, I think, of the second half. And that was when you started actually seeing the defense show a little bit of emotion and act like they cared a little bit about yeah. this game. Um, so, cause that, I think that came right off right after a big uh, Kenny Clark stop on the run on the first down. And so there was, there was some, uh, there were some encouraging signs uh, on that drive, but you know, I, I I've kind of said it all season Walker looks great when he can just, chase the football and not have to think and not have to try to fit um when he can just react and and go to the ball you know his his speed shows up and his you know his hitting ability is there but um yeah i think this will be a, a hopefully a big off season for him to to really start working through the mental part of the game and uh learning to to read his run fits and things yeah that's one thing i had to keep
1: reminding myself is like <laughs> there So few young players play, and so even fewer play well when they're rookies, right? So, I mean, this team should be one that is taking a big step moving forward. I didn't realize when I was talking to Brad for the preview how many guys the Packers had under contract for next season. I think it's something like 45. So you're saying, like, the 45 plus the draft class, like, you're already at your 53-man roster. And that's not including a bunch of these guys. Like, Keyshawn Nixon, you probably want Keyshawn Nixon back. Like, he's your slot at right Rudy. now, and he's doing a great return. He's doing a great job as a
2: returner. Rudy Ford. This is another one mm-hmm. who's got an expiring contract. Yeah. So
1: I think now we're officially at the point where there's enough mouths to feed that it's like, there's no way Alan coming back, right? right? Yeah.
2: There's just no
1: way you could fit it in.
2: with think. With the development that we've seen from Watson this last month, assuming that continues, which it should, hopefully we see Dobbs come back and see how those two guys work together. Um, that it's going (laughs) to hurt. Right. Um, and and I don't know who they get to be that, that edge kind of enforcer guy on the run game from the slot. Um, we know Watson could block. I mean, he's, he's been blocking his butt off. He's, he's been doing it since his days at, at North Dakota state. But, um, he's not he's not that same type of guy that Lazard is. So I do wonder a little bit about how you replace him in the run game more so than how you replace him in the passing game. um he's a he's a nice receiver. He's clearly got Rogers trust, and those guys are on the same wavelength and and he's a, a an efficient chain mover, especially like on third downs, right? He has been for the last three years. But um, I don't think that's something that you can't replace with a Watson or a Dobbs. Um, once those guys kind of get, get that chemistry in place. So it's my only question with Lazard is what you do with him in the run game to replace him. I have a question. So
1: you look at the structure of this team, right? Let's say, uh, Sadie's comes back. Tonya doesn't. Alan Lazard doesn't, right? Your, your skill guys are, you know, Aaron Jones, Mercedes Lewis, um, Alan, or uh, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs what is more impactful another receiver and what does that wide receiver look like or a tight end who is, you know, that functional wide receiver tight end, that guy, who's, yeah. you know, that not, I'm not saying necessarily Kelsey, I'm not saying necessarily Darren Waller, but like a guy in that mold who like, he will line up outside, even though he is technically a quote unquote tight end. Cause I kind of think it's the tight end. Yeah. what What is a wide receiver going to bring to the table that, Dobbs and Watson already can't do at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, consistency matters, but like in terms of traits, what is the trait? What is the trait?
2: Yeah. That's I, and, and maybe that's how you do it, right? Maybe that's how you get that guy to fill that Lazard role a little bit, um, with a little bigger body and, in a, and a tight end. And you use 12 personnel as your base.
1: Yeah. I just kept thinking about, cause again, I was talking with Brad and he brought up the, uh, Darren Waller trade when we were talking about the (laughs) trade deadline stuff and Chase Claypool ended up, you know, with, with the Chicago bears and stuff. And just, I I can't like escape that of like the Packers thought their answer was a tight end. The Packers thought their answer was a tight end and not just a tight end. It was Darren Waller specifically, but they tried to make that trade so many times that it's like, (laughs) there has to be something there. Apparently I haven't seen much of this tight end class, Apparently, this tight end class is very, very good. Like, it's one of the deepest good. positions um, in this upcoming draft. So I can't wait to break down some of that tape. It seems like the edge rushers are good, too. Uh, quarterbacks, not so much, which plays into Fine. our Jordan lifting. thing. <laughs>
2: yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's – if it's – yeah, I, I'll be perfectly happy if this draft is strong at the couple of positions the Packers need most. Now I want to see, all right, how's the safety class? That's the other big one.
1: Yeah, last year probably was the year to take a safety, unfortunately. And uh, I
2: was I was on that train. I was a Daxon Hill guy. Like I was a yeah, you know, Tyler was a Jalen Petrie guy. He talked me into Petrie. Petrie's playing well too. He had another pick today. Brisker that so, uh, the guy that they brought yep. in from
1: Penn State, he's been playing good until he got hurt for the Bears. Like yeah, there's some good safeties out there. Yeah. yeah. W- what was it? Um Petrie picked off Deshaun Watson today? Yep. If I remember correctly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That uh yeah, I don't, I don't know. We, we don't need to get into that too much.
1: <laughs> oh, That sounds like a podcast. Um, yeah. Keep it tuned to the site. Um, I think we're going to do some interesting stuff this week. Uh, I want to dive deep and read up on all this Brett Favre stuff. I want to figure out exactly yeah. what the heck is going on with that. And then uh, I'm going to try to do something for the site about that. We'll, we'll see how it ends up turning out. But bye week, baby. Everyone. Yeah. Uh, Get your relaxation on for the next uh, week or so. So,
2: fifteen days off. Uh, Monday night game week two weeks from tomorrow. So should be a good one. Get we'll a... bo- we'll mock
1: play against the Rams. Is I
2: guess the question for the next fifteen days. Yeah, love it. Yeah, we'll have to follow it. I love it.
1: We'll probably have some mock drafts and stuff up on the site. Probably get some draft stuff going since uh, you know there's not going to be much uh, news as far as you know, Packers stuff. Hopefully, no one gets arrested over the buy or anything like that. Oh, That's God. always the nightmare. Well, um,
2: I'll definitely put up a, a rooting guide for the bye week, too, to make sure yep. we know uh, who we need to, to be pulling for this week um, to, you know, again, assuming we're we're on the let's see if we can sneak into the playoffs and, and make a run train here.
1: I think as long as the team is treating it that way,
2: yep. I feel like we got to treat it that way. So, yeah, let's do it.
1: All right, guys, go back. Go
2: go pack, Go.